Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, we're recording on Sunday, man. How's uh, your weekend been going so far? Pretty crazy. My uh, a lot of family <laughs> things going on. We actually made a trip to Virginia. Um, Blacksburg or right outside Blacksburg, actually, my wife's family is from that area, and uh, we are still doing some family stuff. Although I'm back in North Carolina, so it's a crazy weekend. What about yours? How's how's your weekend going? It's going all right. Kind of doing a working weekend, but uh, got out a little bit yesterday. Enjoyed what brief sunshine we had, and then of course it turns out Sunday is you know a really nice day after all the rain we've had. So that's how life goes sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know you try to plan plan it around the weather, but the weather doesn't always cooperate like uh, you anticipate or like the weathermen anticipate. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the truth right there, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our um, top re- five, I guess, uh, ranking from last week, Don. We okay. had asked our listeners to rank the top five home games for recruits for the upcoming season. Uh, before, with- before we get into that, want me to explain the uh, the next top five real quick? Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. So everyone listen up because Don has a pretty interesting idea for, for this one here. Yeah, you can tell we're kind of reaching at the bottom of the barrel because uh, <laughs> although I think this is, is, is a uh, unique one, especially if you're if you really, really follow recruiting is, you know, we're gonna have a top five list of the recruits who have committed to an ACC school that you wish were committed to North Carolina. And this is, I guess, I guess it's popped in my head when I saw a uh, Keon Lassane committed to NC State over over the weekend, or maybe it was Friday or whatever it was. But so your top five, it could be any ACC school. Don't worry so much if North Carolina wasn't recruiting the kid. There's a lot of really good players that have committed to Florida State or Miami or Clemson that you can kind of look at and, and just get a good idea on what those classes are all about to kind of see what would you know be great to have on North Carolina's class. But let's let's get into the our current top five, which is the top five games that North Carolina is having this season, home games that would be best suited for for recruits. Yep. And just to recap, those home games are, and this is just an order on schedule, uh, University of Central Florida, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Western Carolina, and NC State. I think that was everyone. I don't think I missed. That should have been all six. Yes. All right. So uh, we, we had a pr- pretty decent g- a number of responses for, for this week. Don, you go ahead and give yours, and then I will give the one that I received through the message board. All right, so Colin from Whiteville, his top five are, in order, Virginia Tech, NC State, Central Florida, Pittsburgh, and Georgia Tech. Then we have Dale from Waxhall, who I think he s- has submitted almost every week, if not every week. His top five in order are UCF, he calls it Moo U, which is NC State, Virginia <laughs> Tech, and Georgia Tech. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech, Pitt, 
and Georgia Tech. And then I also have Deldrick from Nightdale. And this is his order. NC State, Virginia Tech, UCF, Pittsburgh, and Western Carolina. And last but not least of mine, in Kevin from Holly Springs. He's actually a neighbor of mine. So, uh, you know, good friend of mine. So his, in an order, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Central Florida, State, and Pittsburgh. So what was the submission that you received? Yeah, the one that I received was from Garrett in Durham, North Carolina. His top five were Virginia Tech, UCF, NC State, Georgia Tech, and Pitt. And he gave uh, breakdowns, actually, as to why he chose them all with, uh, you know, his number one, Virginia Tech, was the good weather plus division rival, UCF being the home opener, and then NC State at number three because they are Carolina's biggest rival and recruiting rival even right now. And, you know, even though it's the final game of the season, still hoping for a good crown turnout. So thank you to everyone who submitted those. Continue to, to send those our way. I am on the message board at John Siegley, Twitter, J.D. Siegley. And Don, have you finally remembered what your, your username is? Yes, at Don Callahan IC is my Twitter handle. And my Inti-Carolina, I guess, username is Don Callahan. I like right? how you still had to put a question mark. Yes, it is Don <laughs> I just have too many, too many darn uh, usernames. Yeah, and all your burner accounts, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well. Oh. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, and then I, I guess one thing, and and I kind of forgot this, Don, but I'm assuming, like in my submission that I got from Garrett, you know, he only listed his top five, so I'm assuming six would have been Western Carolina. I can't recall if if we had told people to include Western Carolina or not, but. You know, in my rankings, they were number six. Were they also six on yours, or were they actually a little bit yeah, higher? Well, I mean, I went, I went with five. Okay. Um, just because that's what we've always been doing. But yes, I mean, obviously, if there's only six of them, you have to leave one out. And uh, you know, I, I also went Central Florida. I'm sorry. I also went Western Carolina as a this game I left out. You know, last year when uh, North Carolina played them at the end of the year or towards the end of the year, it wasn't a great turnout as far as. Uh, recruits are concerned so that's kind of my same sort of mentality for for this year okay and i completely agree with that so we'll just skip over them uh let's then jump into our top five don and i'll start this one off if you don't mind sure all right so my number five spot was central florida and this is probably going to surprise a few people because a lot of the rankings had them high you know, I think, uh, you, you know, Garrett had them at number two. And I think a couple people that you mentioned had them in their top three. But for mm-hmm. me, I put them at the number five spot because I don't really see a whole lot of upside for Carolina in this game. Because UNC is basically playing a better version of Eastern Carolina in the sense that, you know, UNC probably should win this game from a strictly talent perspective. Um, especially if you go by recruiting rankings. But Central Florida did just have their undefeated season last year. So it's a team that if Carolina loses, it's not really going to look that great. And if Carolina wins, I don't see them getting much credit either because the UCF coaching staff basically all but left them after last season. And I just don't think that recruits are really going to be sold on hey, come watch Carolina play UCF based upon 
UCF having a really good season last year. That's not really a great selling point for me. So I put them at number five. All right. My number five is I went with Pitt uh, mostly because I wasn't going to go with Western Carolina for this because of the reasons I, I say it before. But obviously Pitt is an ACC school and um, UNC. That was one of their more impressive wins of the season last year, if not their most impressive win. You know, it, I guess there's a, there's an opportunity for North Carolina to come out with a win, and that's always good when you have recruits on campus. I don't expect a great crowd turnout just because Pitt fans don't travel as well as other schools, and and especially since the distance from Pitt is is, is pretty far. It, I feel like you know UNC is going to have some recruits there, but it's not going to be this huge draw that that they're going to have unless something crazy happens during the season. And I guess I'll go in with my number four. I went with Central Florida for my number four. I agree with everything you said. It's kind of like a no-win scenario for North Carolina because if they win, then everyone's going to say, well, you should have beat them. They're a, a group of five team. If you lose, then people are going to be like, oh, my God, you lost to a group of five team. I get the fact they went undefeated. They beat Auburn. They do, did all these all this stuff last year. And they might be very good this year because they have a lot of players returning. But it's just one of those situations you just don't want to play a team like that, especially North Carolina with where we're at with with the um, uh, with with the program at this point. But um, it is going to be an opener. And no matter who UNC plays now, if if Western Carolina was the opener, I probably would have had Western Carolina in my top five, Mm -hmm. because no matter who you play in the opener, everybody seems to come, particularly your your commits and some of your. the recruits that you're you're big on, so I, I expect a pretty pretty good turnout for this game. I just think that if I were the UNC coaches, I probably would steer away from guys coming. I would try to push them to other games on North Carolina's schedule, but obviously, it being the the home opener, it's, it's going to uh, it's going to attract a lot of a lot of recruits. So let's go in with your number four. All right, so my number four was Pitt. And to be completely honest, my three, four, and five, I kind of went back and forth. I think UCF, though, was my solid number five, but my three and four, you could pretty much toss them up. But with Pitt, just to kind of echo what you said, Don, they don't travel well. I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of excitement. And the reason why I put them at number four, what was ultimately the tiebreaker between them and my number three school was that the pit game is in September. It's on the 22nd. It's going to be hot. My guess is that this is going to be a noon game because Pitt's not going to have a very good season. ESPN, you know, is not going to really care about this game. So I can see that being a 12, 1230 kickoff. It's going to be scorching. The sun's going to be out. And even though the games themselves are surprisingly entertaining between Carolina and Pitt, I just think that if you're trying to bring recruits and, you know, kind of show them a good day on campus and get fan support, that is not going to be the game for that. All right. And then my number three was Georgia Tech. And I have a hunch that Georgia Tech's probably your number three as well, Don, <laughs> if I know you. Yeah. So you're a smart man. Every now and then. Let's just kind of kick this one back and forth. And since we okay. both put them at three, I mean, we have them right there in the middle. You know, I think the number one thing that I liked about Georgia tech is that it's later on in the year, you know, it's mm-hmm. November and that means the weather's going to be a little bit better. And if Carolina somehow, you know, let's say that UNC gets a really good start to the season. I mean, they play Georgia tech after playing at Q's and at Virginia, those are potentially two wins on the schedule. So if UNC can somehow win maybe two 
out of the UCF, Miami, and Virginia Tech games, you're talking about UNC potentially coming into Georgia Tech with some momentum. And there could be some, you know, potentially national eyes on that game, especially if Georgia Tech is also having a good season. You know, to me, that that just kind of makes it where you could sell an atmosphere. What do you think about that? No, I agree. Um, and just to, if I could take a step back real quick, one of my negatives also with the pit game was that it comes after the UCF game. So obviously mm-hmm. you're having back-to-back mm-hmm. weeks of home games. Whereas, as you mentioned, the Georgia Tech game, UNC is on the road for two weeks and then comes back to Keenan. So there's a little bit of, um, at least, you know, both from the fans and from the recruits, there's a little bit of, um, I guess, absence makes the, the heart grow fonder sort of thing. <laughs> the, the main thing for me, because I was like you when I was kind of, this, this was kind of an interesting sort of ranking overall because, you know, when we do the position rankings, we're watching film and all that. Um, when we do kind of a wish list, obviously it's, it's what's in our mind and everything. But this was kind of um, really unique. So really the thing that I guess I, I really kind of latched onto was the fact that Georgia Tech is the homecoming game. And I figured yeah. with the, you know, everything that comes about with the homecoming you know, weekend, that will kind of contribute to um, the atmosphere and be something that the UNC coaches are going to want to bring the recruits to to experience it. Because it's not only just the game, but just when you're walking around your campus and Franklin Street and everything like that, you can kind of feel the, the, the homecoming. And well, I was going to say, I, I agree with that. The issue, though, is that why I had Georgia Tech at number three, because that's a very good point about the homecoming. Carolina is not really going to be favored in this game I don't think and even if they are you know we're talking a very small spread and 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 I I don't necessarily disagree with that I think the thing though with Georgia Tech is I never feel like I have like a good gauge of of what the team's going to look like or or how successful they're going to be at least you know I have to I have to get like a few games underneath my belt with them to kind of feel like what type of team they're going to be so I mean that could very well be the case UNC could be the underdog there but I I just I just don't know well, and I know that, that you've talked about this, Don, that you don't think that really winning or losing, you know, a game matters very much to recruits and that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's more about the atmosphere and all the other stuff that happens. But for me, I just think that there's so much more of a positive vibe that comes from a win. I really wish that, like, the Georgia Tech game was against Virginia. If, if that was a home game against Virginia, I would probably honestly put that as my number one if you just literally swap them in, in the schedule. But I just worry that, you know, Georgia Tech has blown out, you know, UNC under Larry Fedora. But over the last couple of years, UNC has actually kept it really close. And it's probably going to be an, an entertaining game. I just don't know if I would feel strongly enough that the crowd is going to be responding and, you know, that the atmosphere is all that it can shape up to be. So that's why I put them at number three. No, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with you. Who, who do you want to go take number two? Uh, I'll start it off. So all I right. had number two as Virginia Tech. Um, did you also have them? At I did. Two? I also had Virginia Tech. <laughs> all right. Then tell you what. Then obviously our number ones are, are NC State as well. Let's just talk through, through both of them, Don. Because okay. to me, these two games, if you're talking about getting a, a recruits, I know I just talked about, you know, the propensity of winning, but at some point you just have to get guys on campus and your team has to take care of business. So to me, if you were to ask me, what were the two games that UNC just has to take care of business? These are the top two games by far. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And the reason why is because out of all the schools in the nation, these are the two schools that North Carolina competes for recruits for the most. Now, yep. it's kind of been kind of weird lately with NC State, although this class is definitely there's a lot of head to head battles. But within the last few years, UNC and Virginia Tech have been battling you know, head to head for a lot of guys. And there's been a lot of misses on North Carolina's part. And I, I agree with you that this, this is a situation that North Carolina has to win these games. And the good thing is, is this is kind of like the reverse of UCF to where if North Carolina can, you know, knocks off any one of these teams, then it almost kind of, um, and now we're also kind of these, both of these games are, are later in the season. Are they not? Yeah. So the, the last game, um, yes. The Virginia Tech game is it's on Oct- it's on um, October 13th. Yeah, October 13th. So so obviously these are the, the latter half of the season. NC State, the last game of the season. So we don't know what these teams are going to look like. NC State could be a complete dud after they lost all those defensive starters and everything. And but if these teams kind of hold up to the reputation that they have right now or coming out of the uh, 2017 season and North Carolina is able to knock off either one of them. That's going to be a huge push for recruiting momentum because yeah. I know I talk about individual games and I'm, I'm not saying that a, a recruit is going to all of a sudden pick North Carolina because North Carolina beats one of these teams. But if you want a, you know, North Carolina is in, in dire need this season to have some statement games that are, that are basically saying to recruits, we're going in the right direction. And a win at one of these two schools or a win against one of these two schools is going to make that sort of statement. Now, I don't think that all the commits at North Carolina or that NC State has landed that North Carolina wanted or Virginia Tech has landed that North Carolina wanted are all of a sudden going to flip. I, I actually don't think that's going to happen. But I think it helps with the next class and how their perception of North Carolina's, uh, North Carolina is in the direction that, that they're going. What do you think about that? No, absolutely. And the only reason why I put NC State as my number one was because of the in-state rival factor. Because most everything else, I would say, leans a little bit more towards the Virginia Tech game in terms of the timing. I think that mid-season, you're going to be able to attract a lot more players in the middle of the season as opposed to a few days before Thanksgiving, which is where the NC State game is at. The Virginia Mm -hmm. Tech game is also after a bye week. So I think that fan support is going to be very high. You know, if UNC is having just a dud of a season, the fan support for NC State may not be where the coaches would want it to be. But, you know, this is just preseason looking at, let's look at the optimal case. Carolina just has to beat NC State this year. I mean, for especially like you said, for future classes to kind of, you know, put an end to the talk of, oh, NC State's the best football program inside of North Carolina. You know, this is a chance for Larry Fedora to really reverse that and, you know, to hopefully have a very good good crowd in Keyan Stadium to make a statement to end the season on a high note against your rival. That's why I had them at number one overall. Yeah, and I had the same sort of thinking with, with mine is that obviously, you know, you know, Virginia Tech, I feel like is a, at least perception-wise, is a better program, mm-hmm. but there is way more hatred between UNC and NC State with the fan bases. And Virginia Tech travels very well. Their fan base does. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a couple of Hokies in my house as we speak. <laughs> I don't want to say that too loud. But, you know, the NC State and UNC, it's just there's so much hatred that really all of these state fans coming to Keenan Stadium, it helps North Carolina's atmosphere because it kind of 
builds into that just the the rivalry the you know the just the vitriol the just everything i mean when when yeah. one team makes a big play and then another team makes a big play and, and it just really kind of helps the the atmosphere which obviously recruits don't know who's cheering at particular times they just know that they hear the crowd cheering and and that only will help north carolina and it would be just absolutely crazy if uh unc won that game and you know everybody's walking out of that at keenan stadium um just the atmosphere that that would be like Absolutely. All right, Don. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we get back, I wanted to touch on the 2019 Top 50 uh, in-state, so the recruits inside of North Carolina that you finished releasing on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board last week. I wanted to get into that and then also talk with you about one guy that was in the Top 10 who's had some interesting stuff come up in his recruitment. So we'll be right back with that after these messages. Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar, with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here talking with Don Callahan about UNC football recruiting. All right, Don. So you were able to take a huge uh, load off of your back there and released your North Carolina top 50 last week. How good did it feel to finally just click on the submit and get all of that out there on the internet? It felt really good. I think people don't realize just how much, I guess, I don't even know what the word is. I mean, there's just so much work that goes involved. And by the end of it, you just want to be done with it. You want to post the last one, write the last uh, evaluation and just post it and then be done with it. And and as I told you before we got on the air, as soon as I hit submit at noon on Friday for the, our number one ranked recruit in the state, which is Kavars Crouch, I basically shut it down. I think I might have... Uh, checked the message board and, and answered a couple questions after that. But I, I was... I basically had checked out and I was ready to kind of be done with it. Forget about rankings, forget about potential, forget about raw uh, ability, forget about all that sort of stuff, at least for a few days. I I can imagine that um, you kind of needed to to decompress. Yes. Um, yes. Let's uh, talk about, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What were, I guess um, I'm curious to know what were some of the things that stood out to you when you look at the list, any questions that you might've had? So uh, the I didn't have too many questions. I mean, I, I thought that your top 10 was the most interesting to me because you had um, a couple three-star guys in there, actually, like Shaheem Battle. And then uh, you had Tony Davis. I think Tony Davis was, was probably the one that I was the most surprised about. He is currently committed to Duke. I don't know how firm of a commitment that is. I mean, I think he's probably pretty firm to them. But I have not watched a whole lot of his film. And so to see him at number five, that was kind of surprising to me. Um, Shaheem Battle was the other one. I think he's currently, you know, in the mix of a recruiting battle between UNC Duke and NC State. We've talked about him as having a lot of potential. I did not know, though, that he had flashed enough to be in the top 10 either. Those are the two that kind of stood out for me. What was it about those guys that made you kind of put them up into that uh, top tier? 
Well, I, I love both of those guys tremendously. I think schools are just starting to realize what type of players these guys are. And that's, you know, has been, I guess, um, shown throughout their, um, their recent offers. Um, they continue to kind of add offers. Now, what I will say is Tony Davis has been committed to Duke since December, but uh, he definitely has an interest in North Carolina. He grew up a big UNC fan, has a lot of UNC influences around his uh, family that could definitely play an impact on, on how things kind of turn out with him. But he's also, at the same time, it's very loyal. He, he feels like um, Duke was loyal to him, so he wants to be loyal to Duke. But we'll, we'll see what kind of happens there. Duke has already lost a couple of, of uh, commits, which we talked about, I think it was last week. But both these guys, I mean, they're, they're tall defensive backs who I feel like can play corner in, in the right system, like a cover two system, definitely in North Carolina's defense. And be unbelievable because they're not only tall and long, but they're extremely athletic. On film with uh, Shaheen Battle, you see a lot of his play in run support, which is obviously key for that for that role, you know, that cover two role. But you know, I've seen in camps just how natural and fluid he looks as uh, you know as a cornerback in one on one in one on one scenarios, which kind of you know I guess makes you believe that he could definitely be put on the island if he if he needs to be you know because that was my my concern when i first met him i look i'm looking at him and i'm like wow he's he's a pretty big kid he's probably going to be a safety but after kind of seeing him work out in a camp sort of setting i feel like he he could fit at at, at a corner now tony davis if you put on his film the the film that's on huddle the first i'd say i'm, I'm going off the top of my head here i say at least minute probably minute plus is him returning long kick returns and punts and that and if you watch him just look at the fluidness in his hips and his vision and his anticipation you know obviously that you know that means that he's going to be able to contribute in the return game but in addition to that those sort of traits transition to the defensive side of the ball and what he's going to be asked to do now he makes some unbelievable plays there's the one play that that we actually posted on twitter he made this unbelievable one-handed catch. And the unfortunate thing is that the video is shot so far away that you can't really tell it's a one-handed catch, but it definitely is. Um, so, I mean, both these guys are unbelievable players. And I actually, for, for the longest time, I didn't jump on the Tony Davis bandwagon until about, I don't know, a couple months ago. But I've been on the, the Shaheem bandwagon, Shaheem battle bandwagon for a long time. And I've been pushing for him to get that fourth star for a very long time. And um, I'm definitely going to be pushing for Tony Davis to do the same. And just so you can kind of see a, a glimpse into what sort of pull I have, I ha I'm basically kind of a lobbyist <laughs> when it comes to uh 24-7 sports. I just just kind of pressure and say, hey, got to offer, got to bump this guy up, got to bump this guy up. And sometimes I get what I want. Um, it took me a long time. For those who remember, I was a huge Todd Gurley fan. And he mm -hmm. didn't get his fourth star until until his senior season, I believe. And a lot of that really, that bump had to do with Georgia offering him but we won't, we won't get into that too yeah, much. Yeah, that's that's still a sore spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it took a long time, and I was I was his biggest cheerleader for a long time. So, so yeah. So I mean, I and, and these are my two guys, at least in this class for right now, that I really like, and I feel like they're really underrated. And I don't have any regrets of putting them in the top ten. Well, I had one question about another guy in, in the top ten, Don, and this is not so much as to why he was in the top ten. I think he's more than shown that on the field. This is C.J. Clark. You had him at number four overall, and it's come out recently that he has been visiting Georgia a lot uh, ever since his last visit to, to UNC. Uh, this was a guy that I think 
you know, you were pretty high on Carolina's chances. I personally was as well. I think the momentum has maybe shifted to Georgia's way a little bit, but the Bulldogs have still not been able to get that, you know, commitment from him. But he's obviously interested. Number one, what do you think about Georgia's push to probably get him to commit here over the last few weeks? And number two, how big do you think it is for C.J. Clark to show up at the Freak Show and be shown a lot of love from the UNC coaches? Well, all right, so first with the, with the Georgia stuff, Georgia definitely is a huge threat. I mean, he names Georgia his leader. I was actually the first person, not to brag, but I was actually the first person that he admitted that Georgia was his leader to. It kind of surprised me at that moment. Um, so Georgia definitely has the momentum. I just, and maybe I'm just completely wrong with this, but I just feel like Georgia's just going to go down from this point forward. And the reason being is that there's only so many visits he can make to Athens now because his family is not in a position where they could take a ton of visits. And from what I was told is that you know his both his mom and dad had to take vacation days in order to get him to go to Georgia during that one weekend where you know there's a bunch of photos posted with him and the coaches and everybody was smiling and all that sort of stuff. So it's not easy for him to get to to Georgia. And I think that's going to harm Georgia's chances. Now obviously Georgia has the official visit in its in his pocket that it can pull out at any moment, but uh, just, I guess, to get a, give a little breaking news, we fully expect C.J. Clark to attend the Freak Show. And mm-hmm. as you alluded to, that's going to be big. And I fully expect North Carolina to give him as much attention as possible. There's also a very good chance that C.J. could visit North Carolina prior to the Freak Show again. And, and the Freak Show is only a few weeks away. So, you know, to get him to, to visit prior to the Freak Show is, is, is pretty, pretty big. And I think we're going to see that scenario kind of play out you know, during the football season. Now, obviously, once he commits, if he commits to Georgia or, or whoever, then, then, you know, things kind of change. But I think the longer he stays committed, the longer he's going to make a bunch of visits to North Carolina and become comfortable there. And the longer he's not going to be able to visit Georgia as much as he visits North Carolina. On top of that, I was told by a very good source that Antonio Williams, who, for those, those who have been listening to our podcast know, he... Played Ohio State, was a four-star guy who was committed to North Carolina at one point, decided to, to head to Ohio State. Things didn't work out there, and now he's back at North Carolina and will spend at least his last two years at North Carolina. And he basically has, you know, he fell into the, I guess, the, the trap where, you know, you want to play for a big football program like Ohio State and go there and where the, where the Ohio State coaching staff they don't need to be loyal to you because you're not an in-state guy that if they don't, they don't uh, treat you correctly. And I'm not saying that they treat him poorly, but what I'm saying is they're going to give, if, if it's between Antonio and, and a, um, you know, Ohio running back or a running back from a school that um, produces a lot of talent that Ohio state recruits a lot, they're going to pick that other running back. And that's kind of the situation that Antonio kind of fell into instead of, coming to North Carolina like he initially planned to and being the guy. I mean, Antonio would have been the guy the past two years. So he realizes his mistake, and he's trying to make sure that uh, C.J. Clark is not making the same mistake and has explained to him just some of the pitfalls that he fell into and you know, and, and explained to C.J., hey, this can happen to you also. You know, Georgia sounds great, but the state of Georgia produces a lot of defense alignment. Just look at the history. and. Georgia lands a lot of those guys 
And it's going to be very easy. You know, I think CJ is a really good player. I wouldn't have ranked him as high as I did if I didn't. I, I had him at number four. But, you know, there's going to be more loyalty towards kids in state. I'm talking about Georgia. Than there is going to be to kids out of state, especially at a small school like North Stanley that Georgia never has to recruit again. Now, North Carolina is in a situation where they have to have a good rapport with the coaches at North Stanley. So they're going to make sure that they take care of CJ Clark as much as possible. They're not going to give him stuff that he doesn't deserve, but they're going to make sure they look out for him because he's an in-state kid. Well, that's a very interesting point. I have not heard a lot of other guys talk about too much, Don. So I think that's some good insight here for the Inside Carolina podcast because it it does ring true. I mean, in-state guys are usually prioritized over out-of-state guys, and that's just, you know, no matter where you're at in the entire country. At least that that's you know something that I've always considered one of the uh, football recruiting, what do you call them, idioisms, whatever the the like rules of, of recruiting yeah. basically. No, and it happens all the time. You know, Khalil Rogers, who played his last year at North Carolina. You know, I talked to him off the record a bunch, and he felt like he faced the same sort of uh, I guess we can call it discrimination. You know, him being an East Coast guy, specifically Philadelphia, Delaware. I think he ended up playing in Delaware, but he's originally from Philadelphia. You know, and when he was playing at USC, you know, he got injured and lost a starting spot because he got injured and, and guys who are more local end up taking his role. And, and it was impossible for him to get back into um, the rotation like that he had, you know, that the, the I guess the, the position that he had um, prior to the injury. And that's what ended up having him back, you know, having him transfer to North Carolina. But I mean, so it happens all the time. These are just a couple of examples, you know, and, and the, the important thing is, is that you know, no one's going to give you anything that you don't deserve. But if you want a place that's going to give you a benefit of doubt, an in-state kid is going to get the benefit of doubt from North Carolina or even NC State. I know that we don't want to give them any sort of credit, but um, uh, both yeah. of those programs are going to take care of the in-state kids because there's more of a negative effect if they don't, because it's going to be very, very difficult to recruit at that particular high school or within that area that that, that player is from again, if you didn't treat that player correctly. All right. Well, let's go on to the final uh, part of of the podcast here then, Don. I wanted to kind of ask you to put on your prediction hat. Um, Yeah, I know, right? This always works out so well. If you're looking at the top 10 out of your top 50 in NC, if you had to pick one guy that you feel the strongest about UNC's chances of landing, who would it be? I think I know what your answer is going to be, but you know, go ahead and, and, and give the, the listeners your best guess right now. Yeah, so just so um, the listeners know, I didn't get this question beforehand. So as John no, was reading the not. question, I was, I was looking down the top 10, and I'm looking, going, 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 and then I'm like, aha, that's who I'm going with. <laughs> I'm going to go with Choffrey Brown. I knew it. Uh huh. I don't think it's as, as much of a slam dunk as I thought before, just because um, talking to some people around him have said that he's more of a um, he's more rebellious than um, Diami. And if those who who have been around you know the last couple of years know that that uh, Diami's recruitment has you know had a way different path than Chaffrey's. Diami was very structured with his recruitment. At this point, a year ago. Um, he might have been committed. I think he was committed. You know, it was and, around this time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, he had, you know, he had like a top five. He narrowed it down even more. Took visits. He was very methodical. Chaffrey just seems like 
right now he's kind of going with the, the flow. He did release a, I think it was a top six, um, or maybe it was a top five. But, you know, nothing, you know, and, and that's, I'm sure, has been good. But it, there, it just doesn't, it lacks the um, structure that Diami. So basically what I'm saying is that um, I don't think it's a slam dunk, especially if he is truly different than Diami and does try to do, you know, try, tries to rebel so much that he's going to do something completely different and want to basically show that he's better than Diami and he's going to prove it at a different, completely different school. So we'll see. But they are very, very, very close. So, but I, I will kind of throw out there that I think North Carolina has a great chance with Shaheen Battle. I'm just going down my top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Green, who just recently decommitted. I think there's some work to do with, with uh, Joshua Harris, but I think North Carolina's in it. I think North Carolina's a team to beat with Jaden McKenzie. I almost went with him. Um, I probably, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really close. It'll be a tie between Jaden McKenzie and Chalfrey Brown. Um, I think North Carolina's a great chance with flipping Tony Davis. Savion Jackson, there's a lot of work to do there. So, I mean, I, I don't think he ends up in North Carolina, but I think North Carolina is going to be in it at the, until the end. CJ Clark, we talked about, and I, so I think North Carolina is a great chance. Um, North Carolina is in it with, with J.L. Walker, but unless something changes drastically, I think he also ends up at State. And uh, Kovaris Crouch has been headed somewhere else <laughs> for a very long time. And when Gunnar Brewer left, it basically just kind of sealed the deal. He was not going to North Carolina. So you're saying there's a chance with Crouch, Don? No, not at <laughs> so, all. Unless something crazy, 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 crazy happens, you know. Yeah, it's and right. I don't expect that to happen. All right. Well, Don, I appreciate it. Uh, we will go ahead and wrap this one up. But as a reminder for everyone listening, get us your top five current commits to ACC schools that you would want to swap to the UNC recruiting class. As Don said, they do not have to be guys that UNC was necessarily a finalist for. But, you know, go through the commits list for UNC's rival ACC schools. Pick the five guys who you would want to see in Carolina Blue and send those to us. Don, give us your contact info one more time. All right. On Twitter, it's at Don Callahan IC. On Inside Carolina's message board, it's just simply Don Callahan, I believe. It is. And I am John Siegley and on Twitter, JD Siegley. Don, thanks a lot for talking to me, man. And we'll speak again soon. All right. Sounds good. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, You too. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.